Hello, I'm Dr Karen Horridge. I'd like to talk today about our study published in Developmental Medicine and Child Neurology, looking at hospital admissions of school-aged children with intellectual disabilities, based on our local population in the Sunderland area of North East England. I'm grateful for the collaboration of my co-authors, Dr Grace Bretnell and Professor Lorna Fraser. It's important that we understand, first of all, the definition that we're using for intellectual disabilities. And in our study, this maps to the ICD-11 definition of disorders of intellectual development. Some people use the term learning disability as synonymous and indeed in the United Kingdom, uh, this is the term that families prefer. But in some other countries, a learning disability means something different. So it's important at the outset just to be clear about what we mean by what we say. So the purpose of our study was to describe the profiles of hospital admissions of school-aged children whose medical records were flagged to identify that they had a learning or intellectual disability. We also looked at those flagged with safeguarding needs those children in need of a child protection plan or uh, in vulnerable circumstances. The method we used was to look at the impact of the presence of an intellectual disability and or a safeguarding flag on the medical record. And we explored this using negative binomial regression modelling. Clever statistics, thank you Lorna. So what did we find? So in our uh, population, we looked at the time uh, window from April 2017 through till March 2019. There were 46,295 children living in the area served by our um, hospitals. So Sunderland, Washington, Hortonley Spring and Easington in northeast England. Of all of those children, there were 1,171 whose medical records were flagged to say that they had an intellectual disability. That's 2.53%. Now that's not bad, I think, when we look at other literature about the prevalence of intellectual disability. And how did we identify those children? Well, we had a population level uh, approach I was a designated medical officer for children with special educational needs and disabilities and so had the privilege of seeing every single education psychology report, uh, education health and care plan of all the children living in our area. So I could make a clinical judgment based on really detailed information about each child and come to a decision as to whether they met the ICD-11 uh, criteria for an intellectual disability or not. So of those 1,171 children, um, uh, um, uh, there were a significant number that were admitted to hospital. Overall, we looked at the hospital admissions of over 4,000 uh, children with and without a learning disability and with and without a safeguarding flag. But of those children who were admitted to hospital, 221, so that's 5.5%, had an intellectual disability flag and 443, 10.9%, had a safeguarding flag. 43 children, so 1.1%, had both flags on their records. And what we found was that there was a significantly increased incidence of hospital admissions and length of stay uh, for children who were flagged as having either an intellectual disability or a safeguarding need compared to those children without a flag. 
So you might think that this is predictable and obvious. But what we've been able to do is robustly demonstrate the needs of this, these vulnerable groups of children using a population-based approach with evidence that it's possible to identify children with an intellectual disability in our population and to describe their needs in more detail. There's always so much more to be done, but this is a start. I hope you'll be interested to read our paper and thank you for your time and listening.